take. Okay, I think that's good. Excessive. Okay, so welcome to, to all the rom-coms I've seen before. This is a romantic comedy podcast with... Francesca Giorgio. And me, Hannah Thomas. We'll be watching and reviewing a different romantic comedy every week, and we're going to be diving into this very underappreciated and under-talked about genre. Yeah, it's sort of ridiculous that no one really delves into it. Yeah. It's almost as though it's not respected as an art form. <laughs> when it so clearly should be. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. I've been at Fran's house now for some time and it's, I mean, it's been a couple of hours and we've already talked about things that we should have saved for the podcast. Upsettingly enough. Yeah, I know. Um, but... We'll, we'll make do. I'll, I'll react to stuff as though I've not heard it before. You're a good actress, it's fine. Thank you. <laughs> you so touched. You've never seen me act in so my whole touched. life. <laughs> I know, but I, I believe in you. What I believe a shocking, <laughs> contrived thing to say. Laura Jean. Laura Jean. Wake up. Are you okay? What happened? You fainted. <sighs> okay, let me start over. Do you want to tell people what we are reviewing well, today? Well, aptly enough, considering the title of our podcast, it is To All The Boys I Loved Before. My name is Lara Jean. I was used to being invisible. No one was paying attention to what I was doing. I write a letter when I have a crush so intense that I don't know what else to do. We kind of had to. We... To make the title make sense, I think. Didn't have a choice. Yeah, for a sort of launch episode. Oh, I forgot to say to you, just so everyone has, like, a insight, uh, we've been planning to do this since 2017. It has End of been 2017. And we've had some segments in mind during that time, but um, yesterday I decided to add another one. And I've got to tell you. Oh, she saved it. <laughs> it's not that amazing. It's just we have a segment called closing credits. Yes, we do. So I just thought we could have one called opening credits. Beautiful. So for our first segment, opening credits, Fran, what are your thoughts generally on To All The Boys I Loved Before? Okay, it's a weird one because this is a film that got a lot of hype for very cool reasons. Mm-hmm. Um... But I kind of think that it's not an amazing rom-com. Okay. And I don't like that we treated it. We as a society, (laughs) what were we thinking when we decided to treat it as though it was amazing? We valorised it. Yeah. And and I I get it, and I sympathise with the situation, because the situation is, we've not really had a lot of good rom-coms. So now we're scrambling around, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is a good one. Yeah, I think it's similar to Set It Up in that regard, another Netflix export. You really liked it when you saw that one. I really liked Set It Up, but... You can take a step back and see that it's a good film, but not a great film. Right. So I really liked To All The Boys. There's lots of things to like about it. There's nothing that I hated about it particularly rewatching it i really enjoyed rewatching it because mm-hmm. i i saw it maybe two weeks after it initially got released on netflix but i didn't i didn't think you know this is the best rom-com i've ever seen or right. anything like that and also things have happened between my first and my second watch in my sort of extra research that i've done and things that i've seen on social media that have um given me uh, a different perspective on on certain that certain is parts of the film. interesting yes. that's very i will interesting. get into that a little bit later because that's a very vague a vague thing to say going into it again i was kind of like trying to figure out why i didn't feel the hype mm-hmm. for it mm-hmm. um and 
I would like to say that I think I figured that out. I think I figured out why I didn't feel the way other people felt about it. Brilliant. We love answers on this podcast. Yeah, I actually got answers to a question I was seeking Fabulous. the answer for. So okay. I look forward to that. Do you have anything else you want to say in the opening credits section? No, that's my general thoughts. And I'll go into a bit more about my feel- why my feelings have changed a little bit in between first and second watch. I think this is a film that does deserve a second watch. Yes, definitely. I think it's a good film. Mm. I don't think it's a good rom-com. Okay, that's interesting. Yes, and I just want people to like make note of that as they're listening to this. Okay. Because I am a fan of it, Yeah, but I have discovered that I'm not a fan of it as a rom-com. Okay, that's really interesting. Yes. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> I, I took the notes and I was like, I am fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an enigma, right. and I've worked myself out. Honestly, what a treat. <laughs> was the film inside you all along? Yeah. I feel like it was. I think so. Um, I think the narrative theme is daydreaming. The um, balance between daydreaming and reality mm-hmm. and trying to make those two things meet. There's such a sort of um, coexistence of like the fake and the real. Because I mean, that sets up the whole premise of the film is this fake relationship totally and they both get lost in between like the daydream of what their relationship could be and what it actually is and then those lines get crossed you think they both get lost in that yes i think he likes her almost immediately do you not think so no oh okay okay i don't think think he gets lost in a daydream oh i do a hundred percent that's going to be interesting to figure out uh why you feel that way which probably is a good way to get onto our next segment okay which is called is the meat cute oh where usually we would discuss the characters meeting for the first time yeah but of course anyone who's seen this film knows that we don't really see that. Yeah, it's unfortunate that the first film we're doing doesn't really work for this segment, but we'll we'll go with it. We can adapt. Yeah. yeah. I I guess what we would change it to instead is us meeting the characters for the first time. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. That still works. It still holds up. Yeah. We're not getting rid of it. Yeah. It's too punny. It's interesting how they meet in terms of how the film's premise comes into play and how the story really gets started between the two of them. So the fact that she sends out these letters to five different guys, I think it is, that she's had a crush on or has been in love with at various points in her life. And that's something that... I mean, because I read the books before I saw the films. No way. I read them a a while ago. And it's not a premise that I'd ever come across before. It's a good book. Oh, it's a totally good premise too, like... I support it. But again, even with that premise, I wouldn't call it a romantic film. That's really interesting. I'm so interested to find out why you think it's not a rom-com. Thanks, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, okay, what did you think of Lara Jean first meeting her? I really liked her. I thought it was refreshing to have such a likeable female character, to have it be... Um, a good thing for Asian American representation. Totally. So we get my research. So Jenny Han wrote the trilogy of books, the three books, mm-hmm. um, and she had to fight to get a production company to cast an Asian American actress. That makes me so sad. In the lead role, which no. basically, um, so she went with Will Smith's production company. They were all for having an Asian American lead. Awesome. 
everyone that she'd met before, the vibe that she got was that it was like a liability to cast someone That's Asian American. Wacky. And she's Asian American in the book. She's half Korean. That's so bizarre. I- I'm really upset you ended the sentence the way you did. I was really like, I could sense it, and I was just like, no way. <laughs> it's no way. But it's also such a, um, an integral and sort of endearing part of the film and her relationship with her family. Like her mother was Korean, and she's dead. Yeah. And the dad sort of carries on. He tries to carry on like the traditions that the mother left them. Like he cooks them Korean food. He's not great at it, but like it's still a part of their identity. They drink those little Korean yogurt drinks. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a little thing to say about that. Oh, <laughs> Yakult drinks! Like they're in Sainsbury's. Was it actually Yakult though? It I was. Just, like I just it, was, it looked like Yakult. No, it was on. I'm pretty sure. Like in the film, it says Yakult on the on the bottles, and she's no. and she says, "Oh, you got them all the way from the Korean grocery store." And I'm thinking. Do they not just have them in like Walmart? I, it or? couldn't have been. They they must have been trying to hide that label. I suppose. Or maybe so. it's something else beginning with you. Why? Maybe. But that was just a little thing that I was just like, I can't. No, <laughs> I it, can't did, rationalize it didn't that. look like Yakult a ton. Mm. But I was like, no. But yeah, so not. little things like that. Like her culture plays into who she is as a character. She watches Sixteen Candles and she talks about the fact that it's problematic and like one of the characters is, is like overtly racist. Yeah. So she has that perspective. And I think yeah. if they cast just a white American actress, you would have lost that part of the film. Because it's also her connection to her mother as well. Yeah, there's And that's so something much... that they that she bonds over with Peter. Yeah. Is the loss of a parent. Yeah, it, it would have been so bizarre to not... Especially in, in keeping the faith and, like, the loyalty to the book. Yeah. I, I just... I don't even understand that decision. No. To see it as a liability. I just don't... That's so gross. I know. That makes me so Yeah, especially, like, for a Netflix film, which is going to be seen predominantly by preteens, teenagers. People in that age group are looking for representation now. That is crazy rich Asians coming out at the same time. I know. That was a big deal. Yeah. And it was so cool. (sighs) That is an upset. Mm. That's a total upset. So, yeah, I really liked her as a character. I thought she was very endearing very sweet naive but not in sort of a um she wasn't blind to like the dangers of going into a a fake relationship with peter she wasn't what am i trying to say she knew that she couldn't nothing could happen with her and josh her sister's boyfriend she was respectful of that she wasn't being sort of like a um a selfish child or anything about it yeah i don't know if she was naive i feel like i disagree It, it seems like she really wants to separate her daydreams from her real Mm. world and i'm just like well that's because she knows how far-fetched they are Mm. so it's just like well she has that awareness so i i don't know if i would call her naive i think she had a certain sort of realistic viewpoint on her relationship with i think she's yeah and romance in general she well i guess she was a bit too cynical Mm. i found it really funny like the first scene captured so much of her personality mm. and what the, you know, the theme of the film would be. Yeah. Because it has this, like, overwhelming daydream. Mm. A lot of films, when they try and, like, have a character, like, zone out of a daydream, mm. like, they'll kind of hear, like, someone's voice from the real world coming to them and then they would slowly daydream out of it. Mm-hmm. In this film, it was the daydream and then it was a very, it was a pillow throw within the daydream yeah and then 
a very like quick camera pan yeah. back to reality. So to me, that was just an indicator of like, even in your daydreams, you can't let go. But if this wasn't what he wanted, then why did he come to the field of desire? It was fated that we should meet like this. <gasps> hey! Like, <laughs> and that's so relatable to me. Like, that's so <laughs> She's funny. a cynic, even within her daydreams. She, she's sort of trying to make it even a little bit closer to reality, yeah. which to me is just so you, you relatable. Yeah, she just can't fully get lost in them. Yeah. She can come back to reality so mm. quickly. Mm. To me, the story should mainly just be about Lara Jean. So basically, my thing on it is, like, I would prefer it to be more of a coming-of-age comedy with, like, romantic elements. Because okay. what the story really is, is someone trying to ground themselves in reality and allow drama to be a part of their real life. Okay. Because what they're currently doing is being passive in their daydreams, yeah. even, to an extent. She's cynical about the way it will turn out if she was to sort of release all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why you think it's not a rom-com? Yeah, it's... I think it's, that's really quite a valid point. I, I think it would just be... I mean, from the get-go, that's that's what we're told about her character. It's kind of the only thing we're told about her character. Her mum dying probably had, like, this big effect on her, and it's mm. like, well, this was the most dramatic thing to happen to her, and now it's made her res so resistant to drama mm. that she can't even daydream yeah. correctly. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, she says... Um, when, when Josh says to her, well, go and speak to Peter, tell him how you feel... Mm. And she says, well, if I tell him and he still doesn't want me, that's the, that's the end of it. If I rationalise in my head that it wasn't real, then I haven't lost anyone. Yeah. And obviously that's coming from like losing her mother, you know, if you try yeah, and totally. make in your head create this fantasy that the relationship wasn't real in the first place or that person is so far away in your mind that they might not be real. Mm. then you don't lose anyone when that relationship goes away. I think there's some really good emotional yeah. like undertones and themes to the film. Which I, think I wish were the overtones, yes. basically. <laughs> because the way that kind of internal struggle that was based on a tragic loss was mm. resolved was, this boy gave her courage. Oh, Kind of. And I'm just like, well, ugh, that story could have just had just a better... It could it could have just been a different story. Yeah. The story being their romance was underwhelming to me. I've not looked at it that way. And yeah, I I sort of agree. Because that's yes. the bit in the film that I found most, most compelling. Like the romance was, you know, the great chemistry between them. Just... And I liked watching it. But the thing I found most sort of like... Oh, like a sort of gut punch at the end was that thing that she said about if it's not real, then I didn't lose anything. Yeah. Oh. That, that's that's what the story is. Why don't you just tell him? I can't. And why is that? Because if it wasn't real, then I didn't lose anyone. Lara Jane, you got to tell people how you feel when you feel it. You can't just sit up in your room writing love letters that you're never going to send out. The bits that really got me were like the really like stunning cinematography yeah. is based around her yeah. and her perspective and what she's doing. Mm. Just that daydream thing, like at the very beginning, summed it all up for me. Yeah. Because people don't usually in film come out of daydreams in that way. And it was no. like, it was quick and it uh, threw in, literally threw in objects from the real world. <laughs> And it's that's just like, a, yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, because usually in a film, like you said, like daydreaming, they're fully in the fantasy. And yeah. it's like completely separate from reality. And it's usually some wild thing that you right. know, they, they think will never happen, usually ends up happening, whatever. Even in her daydreams, it's so mixed with reality. Yeah, and she, I found she that was so, even so kind of rigid in those. Yeah. Where it's just like, well, that's a story then. Yeah, and I do that as well, which I think is why I like her so much as a character. It's so sort mm. of... Um, 
true to life for me yeah is that you sort of rationalize even within your daydreams because you don't want to sort of feel stupid in your own head or like you're running away with your own thoughts because they're not realistic right and so I like that about her character I like that she was yeah so sort of um pragmatic and and cynical even though she is sort of framed as a romantic watching something like 16 candles yeah i see i saw her as like someone who's perceived as being calm mm. like the the world perceived her in this like calm together way mm. and she kind of was a closet dramatic person yeah yeah <laughs> oh god so relatable <laughs> which is just so funny and i yeah there was just so much that could have been explored with that i kind of want to rewatch it now that you've said about the sort of the dramatic through line of it, you wanting it to be the overtone. I think if you watch it again, though, it will just be like, oh, well, that's not what happened. Yeah. Because it, it, then it becomes unrealistic, her resolve of, like, getting this kind of, like, courage to have drama in her life. Yeah. They are teenagers. So I, um, I get that it could be, like, this This boy has kind of helped. Mm. But I'm just like, well, I don't even know how this character helped. Yeah. Which brings me, actually, <laughs> to my first impression of... Peter? Is that his name? That is his name, Peter Kavinsky. Um, in my notes I put, Peter is question mark. <laughs> a basic boy wanting to be more. Oh, good God. <laughs> Which I'm like, I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. I watched it the first time. And I was sort of very taken with his general, I mean... Ugh, Let's be shallow, what he looks like. You know what? I like his demeanour. I like his voice. It's like a, a Mark Ruffalo. It's like a baby Mark Ruffalo. Oh, we did talk about this, didn't we? That he's a little bit like a yeah. junior Mark Ruffalo. Th- 13 going on 30 oh, Mark Ruffalo. Which is very nice. Which is, very sort of... It's um, my Mark. Very soft and fluffy in sort of like... That's, <laughs> that's an the, interesting that's way to describe energy it. I, I, I would say low and smooth. Yes, yes. Just sort of like mellow i want that kind of voice in my life yeah oh god lovely and a lot of reviews sort of described him as a soulful and accessible and sort of like a compassionate male energy was one of the phrases that i picked up on which i thought was i thought that was pretty apt and quite it summed up how i sort of felt about his character it's a different sort of masculinity not sort of violent or threatening or being easily threatened yeah he was quite sort of he seemed comfortable sort of in himself and to be sort of as you say like a sort of low-key calm sort of guy yeah one thing i did really like about his story was um them exploring the whole thing of like him being attached to his first love no matter how badly yes he was treated by her mm. which we don't even know how badly he was treated by her mm-hmm. by the way so i'm just like okay well that could have been a potential like way to show us a character and, and to show like a situation that i have seen people in they get like that puppy love yeah um i think that would have been quite interesting yeah and i wish they kind of explored that uh more precisely yeah and for him to to have obviously moved on and have feelings for Lara Jean. So on the ski trip, mm. you know, they have, they confess like their feelings for each other, but he's still attached to his ex, even at that point. Yeah, Cause he dude, goes to her room and then there's, there's reasons for that explained later on, mm. but he's still got that sort of like dual attachment, even as he's moving on. And I think that would have been something that's explained later on in the books. Um, 
but I think it would have been interesting because there's depth to him as well. I mean, they um, they bond over the loss of the parent, so the stuff that he has with his dad and his sort of not irrational. I wouldn't say it's irrational, but his very sort of um, knee jerk reactions to speaking about his dad. He says, "Oh, you know, I just I don't miss him, and I I wish that he wasn't. Yeah, I wouldn't care if he wasn't here." And she says, you know, you don't mean that because she can come in it from a different perspective, having actually, you know, seen a parent die. Yeah. I liked that bonding between the two of them. I think about, you know, everything he's doing with his new family that he used to do with us. And I just I get so mad that I'm glad he's gone. You don't mean that. You can be mad at someone and still miss that. See, I, I think that's where I slightly disagree. Okay, go for it. I worry that making a parent leave or making a parent die is so often used in, like, teenage Very often. stuff to just, like, give the kids some hardship. Yeah. And it's just, like, you can't be creative and think of, like, other stuff that teenagers go through. So you're just, like, kill for parent, make them leave. Like, yeah. that's instantly, like, makes this character deeper. Mm. I know that does happen. I totally get it, but it is used, like, so often. It is. Um, and it's always used as, like, a narrative tool of, like, we'll make these characters connect by expressing this hardship. I'm kind of bored of it. Honestly, I, I agree, and I think it depends on how well it's written, mm. because even though that trope is used very often to sort of give teenage characters something to... some background and something to... some three three-dimensional aspect to them yeah the the conversations between them when they talked about that were written well enough that i felt more attached to the characters as i was watching those scenes play out and yeah. i was more attached to them as a couple and, and attached to their sort of like burgeoning relationship i get that the the scenes were written like as it it's impressively endearing considering it's such a trope yeah at this point Right, so I, yeah, yeah definitely. I, I, I can definitely respect that. Also, I, I want to like harken back to the Peter's a basic boy thing. Okay, so dude loves Fight Club. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, what have we really got about this personality? Yeah, I and, just... and I, I will say, like, I do contradict this soon enough, and I'll I'll give some bits okay, that I, I look forward quite to that. sweet about him. But... But he's a sweet character. I d I was more focused on her both times that I watched it. So I didn't really lose anything, like, in my viewing experience by yeah. him not having, you know, very much to him. I think that's why calling this a rom-com doesn't... It's it's disgraceful. <laughs> as a fan of rom-coms, and as a fan of this film, I'm just like, well, it's not. This is some coming-of-age stuff. Yeah. She's very black and white as our friend. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just like... It's I not, do agree with you, though. It's I think... not. And they try... that. That's the thing... To, to balance it out, they try and give us the romance as much as the comedy. And yeah. I'm just like, well, the, I don't, I don't, okay, let's just go on to our next segment, <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, God. Where we discuss the chemistry of the characters. Okay. I don't buy it. Oh, my God. I don't. <laughs> I, I think her and uh, Josh have more chemistry. Really? Otherwise, yeah. I'm okay. just like, well, I believed in that more than... Okay, because, I mean, chemistry doesn't always have to be romantic. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> don't... I'm trying to connect with you. Have I know, moment. I know. I appreciate it. You laugh. <laughs> I've never heard someone laugh in appreciation. That's so new. I mean, they haven't got the best chemistry that I've ever seen in a rom-com. I've, I've watched some rom-coms and I've been sitting there sort of like it's buzzing it's out of my seat. Listen. 
if we, we have we'll to table that down. issue. They're very watchable they're, they're as a fine. couple. They're fine. There's nothing fireworks or like amazing about it for me. And I was invested at the end. Like I I was happy that they were going to be together. For for a fast boyfriend, I think it's fine. It, it's it's like the Rory to the Dean. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yes. She she needed to accept drama in her life. This is like accepting drama for beginners. She's just taking the uh, what are the baby exercise? The baby bike wheels. Yes. The training wheels. Training wheels. Right. This is a this, tra- this is this a, is a training boyfriend. This is a Gilmore Girls reference. Just for, <laughs> just for anyone who's just everyone knows. No, <laughs> not true. It's the training. The the. the the training uh, wheels, you had it right. Yeah, but I didn't want to call him the training boyfriend. It's it's more the training for the drama, not the training yeah. for the... Um, well, yeah, it's just taking those first steps into something yeah. romantic. As I said before, there have been things that I have uh, found out and seen since my first viewing of the film that have given me the ick. They've made you love <laughs> Noah even more? No, no. <laughs> No, 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 Noah. Why? I followed him on Twitter and Instagram because okay. I'm basic and I See, thought he was yeah. attractive. How old is he? So he's less than a year older than me. He's 22. Okay. So he's younger than you. Uh, well, I don't like him like that. No. I, don't, I, don't, I don't look at his face and I'm like, Ooh. So I happened across some tweets that he put out... <sighs> a big long sigh and also then some buzzfeed articles and websites like buzzfeed started putting out these sort of listicles uh, of tweets that he put out i'm gonna read some to you please i'm Uh, very intrigued some of the ones that i found uh the most horrifying i would say they are fuckboy tweets they read like they've come straight from those fuckboy accounts that also i guess we're swearing on this podcast (laughs) we certainly are (laughs) all right um that seem to they read like they're talking to one person but is he being serious could it not be a joke it does they don't read like jokes okay just because we've learned to count to four does not mean we can understand infinity fran's making a face right now <laughs> but what they make no sense he actually really likes fight club's his favorite film oh. isn't it really he was actually like to the script writers can we slice that in there yeah like you were gonna make it like goodwill hunting or something I honestly, this guy's favorite film can we make it fight club i honestly would not be surprised sometimes the best advice is listening not necessarily untrue but it, it's not right <laughs> it's not advice so like a fuckboy account would tweet things like oh you're so beautiful babe like and it's sort of it feels like it so basically it's marketed towards every young female follower and it's just this sort of weird insidious like very pinpoint marketing like to young impressionable girls <sighs> it's given me the ick completely i mean i rewatched the film yesterday and i just thought i like the character but i really i don't like you and i don't like is there enough there for you to not like him though because it just sounds kind of like fallen tears that never dry staining today's canvas for tomorrow's attention what 
does that mean? What does it mean? I can kind of understand what he's saying, but it's like, well, people have said it better and clearer. It doesn't make any so sense. We, we don't need your words. How long does it take to fall in love? Depends how fast you jump. And then someone has quote tweeted that and said, to all the boys I've loved before they open their mouths. <gasps> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. I love it. And this one literally makes no sense. And I read it maybe five times and I still don't understand what it says. Perhaps what was the saddest truth of all was the cause for the lie that he believed the very lies he told were true. I've read that it's with different inflections and tried Any, to sort of reorder the words. No. See, this is his boo-boo. <laughs> this is... <laughs> He did a boo-boo. The audacity to have a sentence that's that long and no punctuation. You're done, goofed. Come on. Yeah, so it completely gave me the ick about him generally as a person. Mm. It's to my detriment sometimes is that I have such trouble with separating art from the artists or, you know, characters from the actors. I have a lot of trouble with it, more than I think I really should. But it it had such an impact on my second viewing of the film because I was just like you're you're no you're gross no no have you um seen an interview that the actress who plays Lara Jean did on one of the talk shows in America I have not okay so basically and it goes back to like the chemistry conversation okay um she was hanging out with Noah a lot I can't believe I don't know her name do you know her name because I feel terrible for not Lana Condor Lana Mm. okay um, so Lana was talking about um, how they were hanging out quite a bit and then she sat with him at one point and I think they got pizza or something and she was just like, this can't happen. Oh, okay. Right. Which I, I'm just like, cool, because she wanted like save the chemistry for screen. Yeah. And she wanted to make sure it was there. So it was like, well, we can't get into any stuff. Yeah. Because I feel like that lessens the chemistry on screen. Sometimes. When, you know, not all the time, but yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but I am just like, in this situation, I don't think you saved anything. <laughs> she saved all that for, you know, not a mediocre end product. She, she had she had more chemistry with Josh. That's oh. what I think. That actually played Josh. I don't know whether I agree. I don't know whether I was wild about either pairing. Again, it's not, <laughs> it's not a romantic story. It's just not. Oh, also... Okay, my last point on this segment. Their first kiss wasn't good. If this was a reversed, uh, or, like, just different genders doing both of those things... Oh. Oh. He... I'm sorry. Consent... Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. He... Before that, the dialogue he said was, like, uh, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, we're not gonna be together. never. Like, there was no, like, uncertainty in what he said. Yeah, he said, I appreciate it, but it's never gonna happen. Oh! Do you know what? And it's because it's, you know, a, go- a girl doing it to a guy. I did not... I that's d- baffling. It's baffling to me that more people haven't been like, huh, that's not cute. It's because of the context. But basically, I think they did have some scenes where they try to give her, like, a high moral standing. Mm. Um, and they try to really uh, hammer home, like, this is a good person. Mm-hmm. So that seems like that could go under the radar. That's true. I appreciate it, but it's never gonna happen. I'm sorry, what? Okay, from what I remember of that kiss, I mean, it was hot, you know, for being in seventh grade. And look, I think it's really cool that you think I have golden specks in in my eyes. Hey! Stop that! 
I mean, if it had been reversed, like you said, role reversed, I would have been extremely uncomfortable with it. Also, like, just for the character, it didn't necessarily make sense. I know she was, like, desperate to, like, get away from that situation and, and I stuff. I think it would have been just, truer like... to her character for her to just run away. Yeah, of course. Like, she d- she definitely... Or hide. Well, yeah. Right? I don't think it would play true to her character to... For her to leap on someone and kiss them yeah. when she's been, like, repressing these feelings. And yeah, exactly. And not being able to she tell people she crushes on them. Putting letters into a box doesn't scream impulsive. And that was a very, sort of, impulsive, irrational yeah. thing to suddenly do. and I understand do. she was, like, wholly panicked. But it's like, well, you're going to have to talk to this person at some point. You live next door to them. It seemed... It just... It didn't ring true to me. No. Um, it didn't make sense for the character, and I'm like, there could have been a smoother way to figure that out. Yeah, There could definitely. have been a smoother way to get those two to the point they need to get to. Yeah. Like, if the story has certain, like, points it has to get to. Yeah. In the book, d- does she do that? No. That silliness, then. That's very strange. Thought, okay, maybe this being loyal to the book, so I guess it checks out. No. But it's baffling to me. Their first kiss was... After he said he nothing's ever gonna happen and he was rejecting her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and such is the the um sort of context that we're all conditioned into that if it's a girl like slapping a guy in a fight, for instance, we don't see that as assault. Right. We see that as just something that happens when, you know, people break up or they're having a fight. Yeah. And if it's a girl suddenly kissing a guy and he's not explicitly said yes. I want this. It's the fact like, that he explicitly said never to. Yeah, exactly. He said never. I, I like because I he knew said the when I never. first watched it, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if this feels good. And then when watching it the other day, I was just like, he says never. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, it's a very odd moment anyway. But maybe if she said, oh, I'm really sorry, but I'm gonna have to do this now. Like, yeah, just something, just mm, some context. Yeah, of like, can I kiss you? Yeah. Or I, I mean, and he would have just been like. Because usually if there's, if there's some sort of moment like that in a film, they usually say, like, just just go with me or just play along. Yes. Yeah, or, like, I'm really sorry, there but this is going to happen s- now. something verbal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it sorry, make but it... this is going to happen now. <laughs> well, yeah, I've seen that in films. Like, they just, they say, sorry, but this is happening. I, I feel like they thought by excluding that kind of dialogue, it would make that behaviour seem less dodgy. Mm. Um, whereas if someone actually like voices this is going to happen now or something it's just like oh well they've fought this through they've processed this and they're still expressing that yeah I guess whereas it adds to like a sort of make panic it seem like a, yeah, yeah. it's just like there is a way she could have panicked and then also asked yeah I mean I think they she... could have had him from a longer distance and been like Josh is coming crap crap yeah yeah please you have to kiss me like please can you can you just help me distract this person yeah like, kiss let's kiss yeah yeah some they could have had a back and forth. She would have just ran away. Like yeah. if I had, you know, had to guess what would happen in that scene, I think she would have just sprinted away. It doesn't quite check out for me. No, it does. It doesn't ring true. And now I'm hearing it's not even in the book. I'm like, <laughs> what? Why? They just thought that was okay to plop in. I guess. So what did they do in the book? I can't remember because it's been so long since I've read the book. Maybe it was so well written that it didn't feel. Jarring. It's a great book. Um. So, yeah, I think that's my last point on ridiculous. I'm yes. like, well, uh, it was an oddly used plot point um, yeah. that made Lara Jean questionable to mm. me, at least. <laughs> One person was like, oh, that's still a salt. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, don't really believe in the 
chemistry, which is probably a lot of the reason why I'm just like, well, I don't believe in this as a romance necessarily, mm. or I don't think this is as it, it's not equal parts romance and equal parts comedy. Mm. Yeah, whereas I I really enjoyed watching them as a couple, and I did enjoy the chemistry. I liked the hot tub scene. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. <laughs> But it just didn't, like, explode for me. Speaking of sweet, shall we go on to our next segment? <laughs> <laughs> she is on it with the fire segues. Oof. Oh, oh um, that gave me a little fluttery feeling. <laughs> the next segment is called The Sweetest Feeling. Da, 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 da. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to do that every week. Oh. <laughs> She's not thrilled. Okay, I'm going to go first. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to jump in. Oh, wait. Let me explain what the sweetest feeling is. It can explain itself, mm. but just in case it can't, we'll, we'll aid you, we'll guide you through. <laughs> the sweetest feeling is where we discuss the sweetest moments of the film, particularly between the leading couple. Yeah. We pick one moment that just gave us that little, oh, that sweet feeling, those little rom-com butterflies. Uh, you're probably going to be disappointed. Mine's the field scene at the end where he tells her that like he's in love with her. No, I get it. Okay. So she drives there uh, to meet him after, like, football pra- I guess it's football practice, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and there's been this whole thing, thing throughout the film that she's a crap driver and she's sort of um, very tentative about driving. And um, she drives there on her own in the car. So she's, like, desperate to see him. And she's decided to, like, take the ball by the horns and admit that they had a real relationship and take mm-hmm. a chance on the fact that he still likes her and wants to be with her. I need you to know that I like you, Peter Kavinsky. And not in a fake way. And so I, I guess that's all I came here to say. The reason that I went to Jen's room that night was to tell her that it's over. And she confronts him and she starts to read out a letter to him uh-huh. and she gets about a line through the letter and she asks him to you know turn around and and they have a face-to-face conversation instead mm-hmm. which i thought was very sweet i liked it too of that bit um where before she was reluctant to give the letter at first yeah yeah and then he kind of called her out for it well yeah he like... said like if you're gonna say these things to me say them like you have to give me the letter and you have to you have to say it you yeah. can't just you know so it was just like, okay, well, his boundaries are known. Yeah, you can't just, just write like... another letter and put it in your pocket and not give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was... That and was, it was a moment was of sort of honesty between them. Yeah, it was like, okay, well, this has to be a growing point, though. Because yeah. even though we've had all these words and exchanges, yeah, they've definitely. not really been in person. Yeah. So we need that. Yeah, yeah. It was the first sort of... Apart from maybe the hot tub scene, but even then there still wasn't... They weren't telling each other everything. So it's a real sort of moment of complete honesty, I think, yes. between them as a couple. And and then he says that he's in love with her and they do a little, like, sort of... Oh, I can't quite believe this smile at each other. It's cute. And I did have to... I mean, especially the first time I watched it, I had to pause it and just be like... Oh! <laughs> you paused I did pause it, yeah. No. It's the same thing when I when I read like a good sort of um, contemporary or like a YA novel or something like that and I get to a, a good like romantic bit and I have to put the book down and be like, oh, they sort of, because he says I'm in love with you and then she's, you can see how sort of happy she is and she's like, oh, you know, you're what? And like he does mm. a little sort of laughing smile at her and I just like, I, I thought that was a really sort of honest Yeah, I, I believe in them in, in that. The thing is, okay, so... <laughs> 
comments I made in the previous segment, because I feel like people are probably considering switching off at this point and being like, oh, we don't mind Hannah, but... This but Fran doesn't think it's harsh. a rom-com, so, right. you know. It's not like I don't believe in their chemistry at all. Mm. It's just for a leading romance yeah. in what is, in quotations, a rom-com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it's it's a feeble teenage love. Yeah. It doesn't blow your socks off, but that's fine. If they're together for about six months, I'll be like, fine. <laughs> don't tell me they're you together for time. years and it's like love of life kind of shit because it's not i'm not i won't say anything to you then about the third book <laughs> my face is dropped she, just she just looked up from aware. her phone like oh god i'm, up, I'm upset <laughs> they added an assault to the film <laughs> who knows what else they could add they could they could add him like not being with her yeah okay Jesus. Okay, okay, it's fine. Um, okay, so my sweetest feeling. Um, in my notes, I've put, when Peter expresses some vague qualities that make him a decent romantic oh, lead. Jesus <laughs> Lord. Even, so this this segment is supposed to be a very uncynical sort of, this is the bit that really made me go, oh, my butterflies. And it did. <laughs> okay, go on. Go on, okay. Lay it out okay. for me. It was kind of two moments in a way, but they were moments that had a similar kind of, like, tone to them. Okay. So... Him kind of saying when they were, like, signing their contract and stuff, Mm -hmm. him just kind of spontaneously and sincerely going, I could write you notes every day. Oh, yeah. You could tell he, like, he tried to, like, kind of, like, bluff it off and be like, oh, like, it'll just make uh, Jen really jealous. Yeah. But I think you actually just wanted to do that. Yeah. And I think that was the first hint of, like, words have a significance to him. and Yeah probably hasn't been written to or like thought of in the way that Lara Jean at least thought of him at some point to write that letter yeah and he kind of wanted to reciprocate that I could um I could write you notes every day you'd do that sure Jen was always on me to write her them I never did so if I start sending them to you Pissed. when her little sister gives her the box of notes that he's written her because she was always throwing them away yeah and she kept them oh that was oh. almost my sweetest feeling moment i thought it was a bit too contrived oh i loved it um but <laughs> him him suggesting that yeah i was just like it was it was well done the other moment was when he seemed kind of like done in the other people had got the letters yeah. too. And he's kind of like trying to downplay it. But it was, again, just this like idea of like, oh, she's affected him. Mm. And and those kind of scenes really demonstrated that. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, well, we can tell that she's like changed you or opened your perception to yeah. like the kind of romance you can have out there. So I'm just like, well, that makes him quite endearing. I yeah. think stuff like that. And I wish there was like more moments like that or amped up moments. And just, again, moments where you could tell like, she has affected him in mm. certain ways. Yeah. Because I don't think you got that throughout the film. That gives an indication of, like, maybe one day you could be a good romantic lead. Yeah. But not yeah, right now. Yeah, I think that's true. <laughs> You're not Mark Ruffalo yet. Yeah. Yeah. I can't see anything serious or dramatic. In his future. No. Though Zac Efron's Ted Bundy, so... Oh, God, don't. <laughs> I'm so Who angry. Knows? Have you seen the trailer for that? We'll go off on a little tangent it's here. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's so just like it's played like a sort of teen bad boy movie. It's so silly. Made me really angry. Yeah. Well, because I I only knew about Ted Bundy on like a surface level. I was mm. like, oh, it's a murderer. So even like just having that information, yeah. I was like, oh, this this guy's 
why are we acting like that about him? Yeah. And then I found out the extent of his crimes mm. and how many of them there were too. And I'm yeah. just like, and in the trailer, there's there's like a split second of you sort of see him like dragging a body or something. Mm. There's a very very small like maybe a couple of seconds seeing him like actually what he was doing the entire time that yeah. he he knew. Uh, his I don't know whether his girlfriend or wife that Lily Collins plays because I, I, I don't know, know a lot about him. Yeah, but casting Zac Efron is a choice <laughs> for sure. Casting a teen heartthrob who you know is now an adult heartthrob, yes, very he well liked. <laughs> She's nodding. My heart's throbbing right now. <laughs> That's a choice to cast him as Agreed. like an evil serial killer. Yeah, and the trailer plays like a like a sort of teen. It's so... screwball comedy yeah. type and it's just it's crazy appalling and a lot of people try and defend it and be like well he was seen as really charming to like the whole nation yeah but that's not the point point. and it's like well no that you still shouldn't be you gotta frame that, that charm as being insidious and deceptive then yes. not not as being charming completely not as like a sort of bad boy who got into a little bit of trouble cutting mm. people up or you just make sure it's not seen as a Ted Bundy story like yeah. you don't you, you give a whole other character if you want yeah. to dramatise it like that you make it very known that it's not really linked to an original like exactly. real life thing yeah yeah because jeez like the, the victims of yeah. all that and the families of the victims mm. it's just like how can you especially as the Netflix um, series on him has just come out so yeah. if people watch that and they find it horrifying, and then they go and see something with Zac Efron being a bit of a bad boy. I saw people on my Facebook and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see this. Oh, God. And they were just like, oh, like it, it's really like thrilling. And I think someone put like a heart emoji. I'm like, no, no, geez. it's not thrilling. See, this is the dark side, Lara Jean, of not allowing <laughs> drama in your life. That you try and access it from these like wildly messed up things. And oh then you assault God. someone. Yeah, that was a good tangent. We could have that as a little extras. <laughs> what is our next segment? What happened next? Hey. Well, they announced that they're making another film. They did. In my world, we wouldn't have another rom-com. No. It would be... <laughs> I put here, because it's a waste of our time. <laughs> um, I believe in Lara Jean. Yes. I believe in the characters around her. Yeah. Shout out to the sister, shout out to Lucas, shout yeah. out to the friend, shout out to the dad even. Mm. That's something I really loved about the film was the relationship between the sisters. Like when Margot comes home from Scotland, yeah. like she's almost, Lara, Lara Jean's almost crying. I don't know what we were meant to think of Margot. Well... It, it was a there was nothing one. more to her really than like a big sister role yeah but i i enjoyed watching all three of them on screen together yeah. i liked that i don't need a sequel mm. i'll just say that like there yeah. was because there was talks of a sequel pretty much as soon as the film came I, out i was kind of when i first heard about it i was like not happy with no. the idea of a sequel i was like mm. just leave it alone mm. but then i found out that there was like more books so it was mm. like okay well there is actually more story to tell technically so i guess that's fine but now watching it again and coming to the realization of like this isn't a ro- rom-com don't give me another rom-com <laughs> i don't want it especially if you're trying to hint to me that her and peter are for keeps <laughs> hannah just winked at me I don't like winking on at the best of times but that's um, um. that was the worst of times and i <laughs> especially didn't like it I'm very sorry. I just want to prepare you that, you know. Jeez. Oh, 
I'm upset. Well, they might do something different from the books, but I wouldn't bet on it. Because they've really, they've covered the events of the first two books, obviously taking things out, but they've covered everything from the first two books. So they'll be like finishing with the third book. I would want a comedy. You're not going to get it. (laughs) With some romantic elements. No. That explores her grounding herself in the real world. Which would be great. It's not going to happen. I I think it's going to be, I've put like here a love triangle. Okay. Peter, Josh, and then also mate, or and or the guy who sent back the note. The hey, letter. she got it. I don't want to give too many spoilers because the film hasn't even come out yet. I know the, the film's existence are... is going to be a spoiler to my mood because <laughs> we'll probably end up reviewing it. In the same way as like one of the greatest rom coms. Yeah, of no. The... I mean, it probably is one of the greatest rom coms of the, these last few years because we've not really had any. No. But that's not valid. There's only just now sort of the the genre is having a resurgence just in care. the last couple of years. It's yeah, don't go into it with any expectations of like a drama comedy focusing on her, you won't get it. Aww. You you sort of hit the nail on the head with the guy turning up, you know, just halfway through the credits with the letter. I don't know whether okay. he'll be involved in the film because I don't know how much they'll change from the book. Okay, so the thing is, I think earlier on I said something about like it seeming like all our problems went away because of this guy. Mm. And I think upon mere minutes of reflection, <laughs> I've come to a different conclusion. <laughs> Go for it! <laughs> Which is kind of like the other characters in her life, they, they also affected her and helped her get her fantasies into the real world. Yeah. The sister mm. played a big part in that. The dad did mm. too. Even Josh did. What I think I really meant to say was that he's getting all the credit. <laughs> so true. When he shouldn't, because he was barely involved, really. Yeah. He was kind of involved. He was the prop. Mm. He was a narrative prop. Yeah. But he wasn't like a character. Yeah. He was a tool. <laughs> <laughs> he was okay so the third book involves sort of going off to college and, and things like that because they're getting a bit older so they'll break up and then they'll get back together yeah. I don't I don't want to no. talk too much about the book because the film will come out and we'll have to talk about the film I, I think they'll keep them broken up for the film I, think I would yeah but it. I would like that yeah, because same. I think that would be way more interesting I'd like to see more of a focus on her and her sort of finding a way to sort of configure the daydream and reality thing and sort of just to sort of achieve some some individual goals that aren't anything to do with sort of romance would be great but it's not going to happen because it's going to be another rom-com because that's the genre i mean if they came out with some a drama just focused on her it'd be ridiculous because it wouldn't oh it wouldn't follow on from the first like i said a comedy with romantic elements Mm. completely the thing is this was a comedy with romantic elements Mm. but they just it's weird to explain it because it is just like oh no it was like heavily based on the romance mm. but it's just like but they really had to like shoehorn that in because yeah. that's not really what the story spoke to no i think you're right and it would be so interesting to see that in a second film yeah. like more of a focus on her her and the people around her yeah. and them all having an equal way of like helping her change how she navigates yeah the how world. they influence her yeah because that's really what the story was mm. that's like the that. thing is i think like her family really were more instrumental than he was in sort of yeah 
giving I think, her the I think push, Lucas I guess. probably helped her have more fun and like really explore yeah, her feelings. Well, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Because he was the one that was like, go and tell him how you feel. Like, yeah. what are you doing sitting in bed when he's probably sitting outside waiting for you? Right. What are you doing? Lucas was great. <laughs> Lucas was great, and the friend was great too. It yeah. was like I'd rather know their stories. Yeah, I liked his reaction to the. Um, like her love letter as well i thought that was sweet yeah i liked them as friends yeah it was really sweet there's the third book and whatever so there's a certain precedent for what's going to happen next i assume if there wasn't mm-hmm. what do you want <laughs> well i'm assuming that you would say they'd be together for six months and then break up because it's a first love yeah that's what i'd want the problem okay the problem i have is I get even if a rom-com isn't that great so if it's terrible then I don't care but if it's just sort of so-so I still want them to be together forever and that's peculiar that's just my Pisces ass romantic Mm. tendencies (laughs) and I that's that's a me problem Mm. Margot and Josh breaking up and her ending it because she was going to college in a different country I liked that and the fact that he got over it by the end of the film. Yeah, but we know Lara Jean's not going to do that because she was so against Margot. No, but I think that. that's what I would want to happen right. in the next film. Or what I would want to happen, you know, past the, past the closing credits. See, yeah. So I think they could break up and then the opportunity for them to get back together would be there. Yeah. But she would have grown past yeah. Yeah. that Dean relationship. <laughs> it's Gilmore Girls again it's it's, it's Gilmore Girls (laughs) he keeps her safe but it it gives her the drama but also the safety sure and it's fine Mm. the most dangerous thing they do is watch Fight Club (laughs) but when I'm fresh off the end of a film like that I'm just like oh I just want them to be together forever maybe the theme can always be like her uh, navigating and trying to make her daydreams meet her reality so maybe she could start getting daydreams about exploring the world and then she has to break up with him the daydreams aren't necessarily romantic yeah i I was kind of thinking a bit romantic well it's exploring the world and having new romances yeah and she's just like oh shit well i had to listen to my daydreams last time in the end more about new experiences rather than those experiences necessarily having to be romantic i don't think you're gonna like the sequel (laughs) I can already tell. I just don't need one. Yeah, no, I don't. They were in talks for it immediately. I assume before even the film came out. No way. Oh, I'm sure they. I'm sure they were. No, why would they be? They didn't know if it was going to be a hit. That's true. But but again, it was so just sensically done for the mm. most part that it seemed worthy of excellent status oh dear that was the thing it was just because there was no plot holes yeah it's a well-made film it looks great and loads of people loved it like the teenage audience especially on netflix is huge it was all believable yeah so and uh, yeah you could watch it and think that it might happen to you moving on moving on oh i'm gonna makes this almost over as I didn't say that with Glee. What are you talking about? No, no, no. It's sad. I just know that we're going to talk about a film, another (laughs) film straight after this. (laughs) We can give it a a little break if you need. Closing credits is our final uh, segment to this podcast. Yeah. Where we wrap up any opinions on the film or we tidy up any opinions that we didn't really get to Mm. go over. I have a couple. So, uh... 
her jumping on Peter. They describe it as jumping on also. Yeah. And then it's just normalized. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she says, sorry that I jumped you. Yeah. Sorry about the whole jumping you thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, so we'll fun. just breeze past that. There was one scene where um, I forgot that I'd seen it in the first film and I watched it in the second film. Mm. And it was a scene where um, they kind of like showed her trying to figure out where to sit for lunch. Yes. And when I was watching it, um, I was like, this seems pointless, right? She's in the canteen, her friend's gone to Subway, so I guess it kind of illustrates that she doesn't really have any other friends, which seems somewhat unrealistic, that she Mm. wouldn't even have acquaintances that she'd feel comfortable to sit with. But fine. So then she goes to the library, and there's this very silly, unrealistic... (laughs) Like, it's similar to a no-smoking sign, but it has a carrot symbol. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This library needs... Clear, to, clearer signage. It, it's too bored. <laughs> yeah. The staff are way too bored because mm. you don't. Who, who one Just day right, no thought food. we need to create and print out a sign yeah. about carrots because they're really a problem. Mm. Well, because it, it said no hard foods. Yeah. But it's just like, you're clearly adding carrots, and I don't quite know why. It's silly. It's just like, is that realistic? Yeah. But anyway, all these scenes felt so, so pointless. Like I said earlier about, like, it seemed as though they were trying to make her seem morally sound, so then anything she did that was remotely questionable, Mm. we'd kind of be cool with. Mm. So then the next scene is, like, her talking to Josh after he broke up with um, her sister, which I'm just like, I think that would be morally fine if you did it anyway. It may be morally grey, yeah. but in my opinion, it would be fine. Mm. I think some people, they think, oh, this person isn't that loyal or whatever. It, it could have mixed perceptions. The reason why that scene doesn't have mixed perceptions is because they show like this whole lot of scenes beforehand. These redundant, mm. no carrots allowed, sorry, Laura. <laughs> She's getting caught up in the carrots. So, right. <laughs> So it just that that's why those pointless scenes are there. Mm. That 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 was actually the point of them to kind of like soften this idea of her deciding to then sit with Josh. So I mean, I thought her sitting with Josh was fine. Yeah, and I thought it was just so so funny the way they were trying to like <clears throat> overcompensate for her the stages of her morality within that instance. Yeah, yeah, they showed her jumping someone. Yeah, it's a bit grey. So it was just like, well, you're... And, like, there was also another moment where, like, um, after Jen insulted her and walked away mm. and Peter was there and was like, uh, sorry about that, like, I think her mood's just off. And yeah. then Lara Jean said something like, are you sure it's not her, like, chemical imbalance? Yeah. Implying she's mentally unwell. Yeah. So I'm just like, this is very confusing because at one point you're saying one thing about her morality and making so much effort to show her as this kind of, like, super considerate person. Mm. And then in the other, you're just totally trashing it and taking it away. And it's just like, well, okay, I guess you're probably... You you feel as though jumping someone and also hinting that someone could be mentally unwell are valid parts of your film and script, so therefore you need to keep them. Mm. Because I guess they thought it was a way to show, like, oh, she is a bit shy, but she does also stick up for herself. And I'm like, well, you could have demonstrated that in a different way. And the the jumping thing, I'm just like, oh, it was because she was panicked and she didn't know what to do and it had to get her out of her comfort zone. And it's like, yeah, but she didn't have to drag someone out of their comfort zone also. No, I thought the chemical imbalance comment was very... I didn't think it really sort of played true to her character. No, it was so bizarre. And again, like, 
seeing all those pointless scenes mm. just for them to balance out her talking to Josh yeah. and that seeming okay because it's like, oh, she had nowhere to go. Yeah. It's just like you made so much effort to include the no parrots <laughs> line. <laughs> yeah, those apple parts of this her behaviour really the- that you were just like... <laughs> Oh, fine. This yeah, is really the point that someone. you're driving at is the character. It's very, it was just very bizarre and silly. And then I think my only other like closing point um, would be they barely used her as a narrator. Yeah. But there was a very distinct point where they decided to. Yeah. Um, and it was it was quite jarring because mm. she wasn't really a narrator throughout the rest of it too much. Mm. Um, she was a bit of the start. And then in the middle of the film, they just kind of like plonked it in again. Yeah. And that was when they discussed the ski trip. Yeah, she was like, oh, I only like agree to this because I know we're not going to be together. And it's just like, well, you're like heavily foreshadowing yeah. to what's going to happen. <laughs> yes. And also like you're not trusting your audience or your direction or your dialogue. Yeah, exactly. You're not because- trusting the ability of the actors to to communicate that in a monologue right. like on their faces yeah because the dialogue even like a couple of moments before was her saying do you really think we'll be together by then yeah which he gives a response to so yeah. she could show a response of uncertainty to mm. what he's saying but then just kind of like you could probably see her going through the motions of like well if he thinks so i guess i can yeah. humor him it's and a bit say heavy yes. on character exposition when you it's don't really need it That's again not... as though they had to like make this complete effort to really justify her actions i guess to maybe make it seem as though she wasn't leading him on or whatever yeah but that's also just not trusting your actors yeah it's not trusting that they can sort of communicate to an audience the way that they're feeling yeah. without that sort of inner monologue because i don't know maybe they would she would they i start again <laughs> <laughs> maybe they thought that the audience would kind of be like oh, we are unsure why she would say yes to this thing. Maybe she does like him at that point and they don't want the audience mm. to think that she does or yeah. that she has any interest in carrying this on. Mm. But again, there's other ways to show it and it's yeah. just like, well, why don't you? Yeah, I don't particularly it's... like the use of like first-person voiceover in a monologue that because I just think it's so easy to rely on to yeah. show everything that a character's thinking, to get rid of a lot of exposition quickly. But yeah, they didn't commit to it. and it, they Exactly, it's they very sporadic yeah, and it's not... Either it. make it consistent yeah. and use it as a device and have it be sort of like um, a story very much told through her eyes. Mm-hmm. Or don't use it at all. It was very jarring. Yeah. And I, I think I even remember that from the first one because I'm like, do you really need to spoon feed that to us? Yeah. Like, especially because they literally just had dialogue where she expressed an uncertainty that they would be together. Mm. That that was probably an arc. And then, again, just, like, them not knowing what to do with Lara Jean's character and making it... Like, because even there was a scene with Jen with the boots. And at one point, it seems like she is defending herself. Yeah. And then she kind of, like, carries it on and is like... I got them on Etsy, and then it just seems like she's trying to justify the purchase yeah. of the boots. Yeah. So I'm like, so who, what, this character's mixed up. Clearly we need to sort her out. Yeah. She's going around that kissing scene people willy-nilly. strange, I think. She doesn't have any other friends. No. Like, let's, let's figure her stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't she have any other friends? friends? Yeah. <laughs> My only closing credit comment really is that I liked the relationship between her and her family. That's something that sort of I appreciated more the second time round because I was less focused on the like the lead couple. Yeah. Um I particularly liked 
like her relationship with her dad, which I don't think is so prevalent in a lot of other teen films, like where the mum is dead or the dad is dead. Like you don't get a good sort of, or at least it's not shown on screen, a good relationship between the rest of the... Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was very believable. And they have a conversation, you know, in the cafe and he's sort of like comforting her and, and sort of letting yeah. her know that it's okay to be who she is and that sort of comes back to her like dual heritage and things like that and he's sort of obviously trying to yeah carry that on and and she plays she puts um a song on the jukebox that her mum always used to play yeah and i just think that was really nicely done That's why i was so happy when i saw you and peter and i don't want to talk about peter right now i don't know what happened with you two but i know how you opened up when he was around i mean not with us because you've always been like that with us but to the world, seeing you come alive like that, you remind me of her. Just don't hide that part of yourself. Him having that instinct that she needs a father-daughter chat yeah. felt, um, I think in a lot of stuff it would feel like shoehorned in, but it, yeah. it felt quite natural. Because well, yeah, because the way their relationship up, seemed yeah. like understated but mm. effective. Mm. I, I, Yeah, so it was just... Yeah, it was very yeah. sweet. From the way that the character was written and played, the character of the dad, mm. it didn't seem like jarring or out of place for them to suddenly be in a cafe having a like a sort of um, consoling conversation. Or yeah, anything. no, it, it felt really naturally mm. put in there. Yeah. Um, so it, it did help the story, but also it was just like, oh, well, this isn't something out of character. Mm. Like they, they have exhibited these kind of like habits and communication yeah. before just in a lesser way mm. oh my god is that all the points we have i'm pretty sure that's um, everything i have to say wow so i guess that wraps up uh the first to all the rom-coms i've seen before yeah. podcast god first episode yeah thank you so much for listening yeah we'll see you again we don't know how frequently we're doing these yeah but you will see us again you'll hear from us again you will yeah yeah that's <laughs> I'm going to start that. <laughs> you will certainly hear from us again. Okay. Awesome. So, thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, we hope you've had a jolly time. We have. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>